Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Sunday night. We just got back from San Francisco where we witnessed an epic game number four in San Francisco. The Kings had a chance to win it after some drama down the stretch. Steph Curry called a timeout. There were no timeouts left. Monk hits the technical. Fox hits a three. We got a one-point game and the Kings had a chance to win it at the buzzer. Ball in Fox hands. He gets it to HB after a double comes. HB misses the three. Game is over. And this series is tied up at two apiece. Headed back to Sacramento for a huge game number five at Golden One Center on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Mo, how are you? I'm better. I'm better. Yeah. You know, we, we got some time between... Uh, driving back from San Francisco to now. Um, it's really interesting what the playoffs will do to you emotionally. Yeah. You know, something that we haven't felt for so long. So I really do put it in this perspective of appreciating it, you know, because I, at the end of the day, born and raised in Sacramento, I remember hating Stockton, Malone, Jeff Hornacek. Oh, man. The Lakers. Hornacek hated him and like that hatred is coming back (laughs) but in this weird way because i've always loved loved the warriors and and their style of basketball and steph curry you can't not like him 
But man, right now, it's kind of fun hating them a little bit. And this series has been entertaining. You know, if you're just a observer of this, you're just an NBA fan. This has been the best first round series. Game three, from an entertainment standpoint, wasn't the most entertaining. The Warriors controlled that game completely. Tonight was a much different story. This was a back-and-forth game. I mean, you talk about all the lead changes we saw. We saw 19 lead changes. Mm. The game was tied 10 times. Warriors had a 10-point lead entering the fourth quarter. Where do we start with this one, Morgan Reagan? Do we just do we start with the final player? Do we start with no? I think we I think let's go in order. Let's okay. let's do you want to do that? I don't care. You know what? We should set the table a little bit. Okay. So the Warriors, we were talking about this on our last podcast. I'm like, what's Steve Kerr going to do with the rotation? Oh, because with Draymond out, I felt like the spacing was so much better. You put Draymond, Draymond and Looney out there, it just kind of clogs things up. Having another creator out there with Steph makes a lot of sense for the Warriors. And then we were talking about it a lot yesterday with some people. I'm like, do you think there's a chance? I, I got mixed things from people who are around the mm -hmm. Warriors, who cover the Warriors. Like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, would Draymond be down with it? Well, then we find out about half hour before tip-off that Draymond Green was coming off the bench, ending a streak of like 120 consecutive-plus playoff games where he started. Yep. He decided, okay, I'm cool with it. It's my idea. That's what they said. You know, Steve Kerr agreed, and so Draymond came off the bench to start this game, and they went with the same starting lineup with Steph, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, and Looney. So Draymond ends up coming off the bench in this game, so that was kind of an interesting thing, but then Draymond Green started the second half instead of Poole. I feel like the Warriors are kind of in an interesting spot where they're still trying to figure out rotations. I guess we should move along from that until later in the pod, but I, I, I mean... The Kings came out. What well, I mean, these two teams came out, holy, and it was physical. Holy, the shot making holy. was there. It was good to see that the Kings weren't starting a game like zero for ten from three for the first time in this series. Yeah, I, I think uh, sitting around people in media after that first quarter, they were like, "That was just the first quarter. Such mm -hmm. a high octane, high energy, just first quarter of basketball." Yeah, it was. It did something to all of us. Like it took our breath away with the way that they these two teams were playing one another. Um, it's special what is happening out there. But also, just like you said, starting the game off with that tweak by the Warriors last time Draymond Green didn't start a playoff game, 2014. You know, you already mentioned the numbers, but it was it just felt like a different type of game from the start obviously a 12:30 start as well it was well. an interesting decision to make and i think it was the right one i just didn't think that kerr would make that decision without buy in from draymond and so he got the buy in and that's what they started with yep i thought the other interesting thing about the first quarter is look kevin herter's in a major funk in this series 3 of 21 from 3 Steph felt like he was going to get going early. Mike Brown did not wait around. He put Mitchell, Davion Mitchell, into this game Loved it early in the first quarter. He was like, all right, we, we're not. And usually he'd, co he'd come in maybe for um, De'Aaron. De'Aaron. But he came in for Herder. And so we're seeing a lot more of that Fox-Mitchell look in this series. And I like that. I mean, bring him in. And get him in there to try to go after Steph. And I think Davion Mitchell has been one of the Kings' best players in this series. Playoff Davion has 
done incredible things out there. Yep. Funny story. I was walking with Morgan last night in San Francisco. We had dinner at this awesome Chinese food place yeah. in San Francisco. And we're walking to meet up with some Kings Media friends yep. or Sacramento Media friends like Ham and all those guys. And we saw Davion Mitchell on the corner. Go up to him. Morgan does a nice thing like, oh, you're happy for you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're just killing it. I'm so happy for you. What, what do you do, Deuce? I said, you ready to lock that shit up tomorrow? Let's go. Let's go. Deuce acted yeah. like he's yeah. like his teammate or like his coach or something. Hey, you ready for this shit? Let's do this. Yeah. Davion, just sweet as hell. And you know what I love? He lived up to uh, what you were kind of telling him and hoping that he would do. Yeah. So, D- and I, you know, I think I was looking to write my notes wrong too. Davion came at the seven minute mark, which is usually his, the mark he comes in that I was thinking more of in the second half in that third quarter when Mitchell came in early at the nine forty seven mark of the third quarter. But nonetheless, the, the Kings got down. The Warriors went on a nice little 11, three push, take a seven point lead, but the Kings get right back in the game, and then they lead after one, 32 to 31. Fox came out with 10 points. Keegan, seven points. But I thought the key really early in this game was that the Warriors had no offensive rebounds. And after what happened last game, mm. you could tell it was a big focus. I thought the Kings did a great job attacking the glass, trying to make things happen. They even got some their own second chance opportunities in that first half because Alex Len was out there. He was grabbing some O boards. I just thought they did the activity rebounding was fantastic. It was so much better than it was in game three. You can tell that this Kings team, what they do a great job of, not only of making adjustments from game to game, but when there's a point of emphasis, they execute it. And sometimes it will um, take away from something else that they need to execute on the floor. And that's going to happen with teams sometimes. But I think the Kings did a great job of just knowing the importance of boxing out these guys on their home floor. What we saw in game three, yeah, we're on game four. In game three, uh, that first game at, uh, uh, in San Francisco, Dante DiVincenzo flying in there. Looney just battling down low for those O boards. The, how deflating it was at times. And they knew the importance of not allowing those moments to happen. And the Kings did a fantastic job of that, especially in the first half. Yeah, the Kings led the half 69-65, which was great to see. It was such a weird quarter, too, because the beginning of it, the Kings end, they they push their run from the first quarter into the second quarter, ends up being a 20-5 to run. Oof. They take a nine-point lead. At that moment, it's 45-36, and I'm like, oh. Let's go. Okay. The Kings are here to play. They're knocking down shots. I think the biggest thing tonight for me, too, well, one of the bigger storylines was just the fact that Keegan Murray got going. And it wasn't just knocking down threes. It was coming off dribble handoffs. He was putting the ball on the floor, had a couple of nice passes to Sabonis. He had the mid-range game going. He rebounded yeah. well. He finished with 23 points and seven rebounds and tonight. him playing well, I think that was a contagious. Or not even just him playing well. His shots falling down, I think, was a little bit contagious. But I think it goes back to what we heard Mike Brown say the other day at media availability, and that was 
he needed his team to not have hesitations, hezies, as they call them. And that is the hesitations in the shot, right? We're not talking about the ball handling. We're talking about within the shot. Because when those hezies happen, they're out of rhythm. Their shot is out of rhythm. Their offense is out of rhythm. And they did a much better job of letting it fly, making sure that they were shooting that ball with confidence. And that's why so many more shots were falling down tonight. De'Aaron in that first half was... Well, De'Aaron in this game was amazing. And Absolutely some of the shots had dropped in the second half, but he had 21 points in the first half on 9 of 16, 3 of 7 from 3. He was shooting the 3 with confidence. He is just scoring at every level right now, and I think playoff box looks like the next huge star in the NBA with the way mm. he's, he's starting this, this playoff run. He has been the man. He finishes with 38 points in this game for Sacramento. Um, let's fast forward to some of the stuff we're going to th- I know we're kind of, that's okay. I like it. We're having th- fun. Third quarter was interesting. And I think that this is where the game obviously swung. They decide to put Draymond green back in the starting lineup. Yeah. At the half Morgan, the warriors had one offensive rebound. It did turn into a clay Thompson three, but that rebound came late in the second quarter. So overall a great job. Third quarter, I thought Looney and Green did a great job tipping balls out, creating second chance opportunities, and doing some of the things that they were doing really well in game three without Draymond Green. And that, that I thought that kind of changed the game where they get a couple of offensive rebounds, momentum starts going their That's way. That's it. And that, that definitely changed the game, I thought. You know what they're so good at too, Deuce, is off the offensive rebounds, getting set back up into something and or just the ball flies back around, you know, and and you see those moments happen for them. They're really good at making quick decisions and not only quick decisions off of some of those moments, but I think something else that we talked about in the car ride back was uh, the way that when the ball started moving around offensively for the Warriors, and then you'd have that baseline cut every single time, pick and roll, two man game, um, it was like someone was always open in the middle. And if it wasn't the person in the middle taking the shot in the paint, it was someone cutting baseline, whether it's Draymond, whether it's Wiggins, just great off ball movement by the Warriors to make some beautiful offense happen um, and get too many easy buckets though. And then Clay hit that big three at the buzzer at the end of three and they lead by 10. At that moment, I'm like, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. That feels yeah. like a backbreaker. Crowds going ape shit. Clay just hit a three, up 10, headed into the fourth quarter. They just dropped 37 on your head. They outscored them 37-23 in the third quarter. But the Kings responded right away, right away, and got right back in the game. You know, Davion Mitchell had a big play. Keegan Murray had a big three, and it went down to the wire again. Um, As we take a look back at how the end of this game finished, a couple of things that happened. The Kings are up. Excuse me, the Warriors are up 126-121. You're like, ah, it's over. That's cool. Steph Curry calls a timeout when there's no timeouts left. Remember, Steve Kerr tried to challenge a loony foul call, and he lost the challenge. Yep. lost the timeout. No timeouts left. Curry calls a timeout. Kings get a technical free throw. Monk makes it. Fox, because the Kings have possession, hits a three. All of a sudden, it's a one-point game. Holy shit moment. And I mean, what a turnaround. And that was, and 
Deuce, you know what led to that? Mental fatigue with Steph Curry. You know, I don't think he's been doing this for so long. It's not, oh man, just a stupid mistake. I'm telling you, that guy was fatigued physically and mentally by the end of this one because of what Davion Mitchell obviously uh, was doing throughout that game to him, tiring him out. But that moment was huge. And the fact that he had that, that it was Steph Curry with that moment was pretty wild. And the Kings did a great job capitalizing on that. Yeah, and then Curry misses a jumper. Kings get the rebound with 10.5, down one. They call a timeout. Curry was on the floor for a second. There was an opportunity to maybe push there. Yeah. Brown calls a timeout. Out of the timeout, they inbound to Fox deep backcourt. And how many seconds are left at this point? It's a 10.5 yep. left in the game. Draymond Green is defending De'Aaron Fox. So Fox is bringing the ball up. Barnes, Curry is on Barnes, but Curry starts to leave to double to try to get the ball out of Fox's hands. Harrison realizes it, screens green to try to get Fox on Curry one-on-one, and Barnes kind of pops out the three-point line, but the spacing looked a little off with him and Keegan. Keegan was in the corner, started to move over. Fox decides to make his move. Curry does a great job with the deflection. He recovers, drives again. Draymond comes right to the elbow, does a great job forcing Fox to make a pass to Barnes, who got a great look from three and missed it at the buzzer. 25-footer, just looking at the play right now. Mm. Again, I've seen it like mm. multiple times. And it was see, great defense by the Warriors. It, was it really was. Great defense. You saw the way that De'Aaron was coming downhill. Steph and Draymond, they made a little wall, right? Didn't allow him to get into the paint, get to his or spot. Or just get to a spot for a mid-range. Absolutely. And then on top of that, look at the activity in the hands. Not only from Steph, making sure to stumble him. Great. Making sure to alter the direction he wanted to go. Got a good look from Harrison Barnes. I mean, if anything, it's like, sure, you want maybe a closer shot. You want a shot in the paint. You don't want to have to depend on a three from Harrison Barnes. But at the same time, it's not the worst look in the world, and I'm glad that they got something off. And, of course, he misses the shot, so everyone is left to nitpick. And and we're going to participate in this for a second. A couple of things. What? What if the Kings would have rebounded that and pushed? 100%. I think 100%. That, I think that option's interesting. This option, I did not love the fact that they inbounded in the backcourt. When Fox makes his move, I want to go back. When Fox starts making his move to attack Curry, there's like five seconds left. Yeah. You, yep. you let so much clock, you let so much of the clock disappear. You know, like, I don't understand. Crosses half court at seven. And so you just wasted a ton of time yep. in that situation. And you're only down one, right? You don't need a three. But in this situation, of course, you have to take it that, that, the, the clock was going to run out. But I just thought they could have got, let's get into it faster. Why are we inbounding all the way back there and wasting so much time? I think the idea was Fox was going to get to a spot, Go pull downhill. up, and, and make something happen. It wasn't there. He made the right read. Some argue, oh, he had Monk kind of open. Okay, well, he could have gotten Monk to Barnes. He went Barnes. Barnes missed the shot. I, I didn't love the, the play. I didn't love the play to inbound it that far in the backcourt and chew up that much of the clock. To that point... Curry and Green played that fantastically. Morgan was just saying it. You know, 
Steph, to me, is such an underrated defender. He's not ever going to lock somebody down, but he's very good at stripping the ball and knocking player. the ball away. Yeah, high it, IQ guy. Yeah, high IQ. His effort yeah. is there. There's times where he's just getting cooked, yeah. and then there's other times where he can have these moments and yep. lock in. And, I mean, he's a champion. He's uh, won multiple championships, and in those moments, you just you you see it, and you're like, God, it was they a, really are good. Now, with all that said, that play still got an open three. Yeah. And Harrison's knocked down that shot. You think about some of the game winners he's had over the years, that one in, against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are like, what? A Phoenix, I remember at Phoenix, he had a three at the buzzer or late in the game. So he's had some shots late. Warriors fans are going to clown him today because they remember him missing shots in key games. I get it, but... Look, HB's been a 40% three-point shooter for the better part of the last four seasons, I believe. Yeah. And he hasn't shot it great in this series. Hit three last game. Tonight ends up one of six. It was a great look. It was a great look. So, uh, I don't know. I It wasn't my favorite play. And it still got an open three. You miss it, you lose by one. Yeah. I mean, look, if he had made it, <laughs> we wouldn't even be nitpicking the play. We'd be like, oh, man. So glad they found a yeah. way to get Harrison Barnes open for that shot. I want to get to some of the chat. Don asked a good question. Barnes was passing up open threes all game. Why was he screening for Fox? So that's a lot of people were bringing this up to me. The way I saw it, okay, because Fox had green on him. Yeah. Steph comes over. Steph comes up because they're trying to get the ball out of his hands. Harrison comes over the screen to, to get green off of Curry. But look at the way, too, because you guys, we have this right in front of us. Look at the way that Steph and Draymond are basically playing it like, no, we're going to fake blitz you. Look at that. Mm, we're going fake because blitz, that's yeah. what they yeah. were doing the possessions before. Right before this play, just late in this in this fourth quarter, they were doing that same thing. They were throwing the double at De'Aaron right. to make him think twice, to pass quick, whatever, which was smart. So, Look, Harrison's just trying to screen one of the guys that he thought was on him. And I think that was the the mistake with the the play. I don't even know what the play design was, right? I have to ask Mike Brown about this, where I think Fox was comfortable with Green on him one-on-one. He's he's his, he's cooked Green a couple times in this series. I mean, look at that. Look at the way that both these guys coming up. Yeah, so I, I don't think the play was, hey, let's run a little screen and, uh, you know, pick and pop action for HB here. No. You know, it was... Harrison realized, oh, okay, well, let me at least try to screen Green off of him so maybe that Fox could go one-on-one with Steph. And let's play play it again. I just want to yeah. see. I mean, if yep. – Yeah, and Steph just did a great job. Fox went to cross right, which was great the play. Job. Steph read it perfectly, knocked the ball away. I don't know. You tip your cap to the Warriors. This is what great teams do. The, down at the end of the game, they make a nice defensive stand, and you, you give them credit – you had an open three. You missed the shot. I don't know. I, I didn't love the play. I also think you can make a serious case. I would have been like, Fox, Curry's down right now. Turn on the Jets. Let's go. Like, I know. Sh- Let's go. Push. I know. Try to, and, and maybe you draw contact and go to the free throw line. You're oh, just, well. Deuce, you're trying to figure it out as a coach, as players, all these things with, I mean, being a new team in this position. Yeah. And these moments are going to happen against the defending champs, against a team that has the experience and has done it for so long. Um, and just had a great defensive moment right there. Well, let's, as we kind of just did a quick recap on the game, let's get into some specific guys. Okay. And, and kind of look ahead to game five. You know, De'Aaron's 
been incredible in these playoffs, and he has met the moment. He's doing it, I think, his best defensively. Game three, I don't think he had enough ball pressure in game three. Um, the Kings just didn't play well in game three at all. I, I think he has brought a level of intensity that I love, and a couple of things stand out to me. Early in this game, when Keegan drove and Green fouls him, and Keegan's on the ground for a second, Draymond's looking down at him talking shit. Fox goes at him. And th these are the things I love. Like, don't, don't get punked. Don't get punked. And he was John at Draymond yeah. Green. They both got double tech. They, they both got technicals, double technicals. You play on. But I love seeing that type of intensity and fire from Fox. I think he's showing that fire. I think he's showing composure, too. He's still getting to his spots. One of my big concerns going into this series was, oh, man, they've got a lot of guys to throw out Fox. It hasn't mattered. He's cooked Draymond, and Draymond still makes some good defensive plays. And same with Wiggins. Right. Sure. They, and they have the pieces to do it, but Fox has still been able to do his thing. I think the three-point shooting from his has been encouraging, too. He's been fantastic. And tonight, 38 points, nine rebounds. He had six assists, just three turnovers, 14 of 31, six of eight from the free-throw line, four of 11 from downtown. But I think he's been great in this series. What's jumped out to you about D-Fox? Well, that, that's it, is that he has been the guy in this series. And there's been so many times that we have talked about around De'Aaron Fox just throughout the regular season, there needs to be another guy. There needs to be another guy. And I know we'll get to that, and that other guy to me just needs to be Domas Sabonis in the way that he needs to – find a different flow it's not even like he needs to step up it's just like he needs to find his shot in his way but going back to De'Aaron he has been such a special player uh for a guy that ha doesn't have the experience his first playoff run and just looks like a star looks like he knows what he's doing and I'm not just talking about because uh his ability to score it's when he's able to score it's in some of the biggest moments it's in some of the moments that his team needs him most or they need or they need to stop the bleeding or uh they are trying to build that cushion it's just great that he can be that leader for this guy not only with his play but obviously with the way um that he's been out there just um jawing back at guys yeah. and being a tough a tough sob and getting to the line, which yeah. is good. Like, I, I think he's played some great basketball in this series. And I think he's starting to get the attention of the NBA world a sure. little bit. Like, people who don't pay attention to Sacramento are starting to talk about D Fox. I'm like, God damn, this guy is tough. Like, I, I was reading Tim Calcoff's piece in The Athletic, and they were talking about how Draymond was on him to start the second half, and they really wanted to try to slow Fox down after that monster first half. And uh, he did a better job at it. But Calcoff's piece was like, hey, you know what? You're not going to stop a guy like that. You're just going to slow him down. And I'm like, oh, wow, the Kings have a guy that, like... <laughs> Can't be stopped, but can only be slowed down. You can down. maybe slow him down. He's 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 jumping yeah. before our eyes in year number six in his first ever playoffs. I love seeing that from De'Aaron Fox. And it gives me confidence that, okay, the Kings can make this a very competitive series. It's going to go... Probably going to go long, so buckle up. <laughs> um, Good to see Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray needed a game, man. And Keegan it. Murray not only had a game. Uh, this might be, honestly, one of Keegan's best games of his early career. Like, you think of, he's had, like, higher point totals in a game. Mm -hmm. But talk about complete play. I'm like, 
this is the key. The, these are the things you see from him where you go, he can be a really good player, and the Kings should be very excited for him. It, it helps knocking down shots, but he was shooting it with confidence. I had talked to him yesterday, and I, I, I was like, look, I know you say you're kind of even you're even keeled and you, you say you're still confident but are, has your confidence taken a hit at all during the stretch oh no i'm just gonna come kind of out there playing you know um but he, he was saying no he and he just he is so even keeled and tonight i thought he did a great job coming off dribble handoffs knocking down threes putting the ball on the floor yeah rebounding what jumped out to you about keeks well our guy will z put out keegan murray breaks the king sack era record for most points scored by a rookie in a playoff game with 23 and counting um it was Hito Turkoglu's previous record of 22. So I thought that was, you know, it's cool seeing Keegan break all these rookie records, but I love that he had this game tonight after having so many people talk about, is he scared? Is he playing scared? Does he have it in him? Is he? Is this what he's going to be in the playoffs? He showed up tonight, and he showed up in so many ways, not only with making his shot. He looked like he wanted to be a threat out there. He looked like he wanted to put the ball on the floor. And we've seen both sides of Keegan Murray this year, and I think sometimes we get nervous when we don't see him be confident and aggressive because there's so many times he doesn't look like a rookie. And then we just have to have that perspective again that this is a rookie in his first ever NBA playoff series. And he's... He, what experience for him. What dude. experience. He is starting on a playoff team playing 32 minutes on the road in a game that was tight. And he finishes with 23 points and seven rebounds. And the five threes, though, for Keegan Murray, I just, what I love about it is because this entire squad has been shooting like shit from deep. 27% on the series going into this game. And now you saw a game where they finally were shooting much better, shooting 40% from three-point land. And it really was Keegan leading the way from deep. So that was great to see him get it going. The next guy I want to talk talk about, and we're going to go over a lot of these guys and then talk about why we think the Kings lost this game today. Oh. Davion Mitchell. Yeah, we get it. Duh. This guy has the ability to completely shift. If the Kings did not have Davion Mitchell, I don't even know what Steph Curry would be doing in this series. And that's, don't get it's this, true. and don't get this twisted. It's not me saying that. Davion's clamping Steph Curry. No, Steph is ridiculous. Every time he has a ball, I'm just like, God damn it, he's gonna make a three here. And he makes he had so many weird shots. Today. Like, how do you do this? How? You're so good. He's magical. Steph, why? Can you just miss a few in a row? Like, when are you gonna be old? Steph finishes with 32 on 11 of 22, 5 of 11 from three. But Davion Mitchell makes Steph Curry work. And I've seen multiple times in this series, with the exception of game three, where Steph has looked tired like I haven't seen Steph look tired before. Steph Curry, because of where the Warriors are at, the, the need to win this game, and because of how good he is and impactful when he's on the floor, and the Warriors aren't always great when he, with him on the floor, off the floor, plays un, just under 43 minutes tonight. And... Davion Mitchell, when he was out there, was all over him. What has impressed you with Davion's on-ball defense with Steph in this series? I, I think and tonight. I I really 
you've seen, we've all witnessed Steph Curry do whatever he wants out there. And that's with his off-ball movement being just so elite, his ability to shoot the ball from anywhere on the floor because of his muscle memory. Um, but Davion Mitchell being able to stick on him, what do they say, like white on rice? however you want to put it. I mean, it is just right there. And the fact that he is capable of being right there with him without fouling, it that is already a very difficult thing. Playing defense is already a very difficult thing to do, like if you want to be elite or do it right. But Davion Mitchell's on-ball defense is absolutely um, insane, I don't even know how to explain it because sometimes sometimes I look at it and it doesn't feel real. And when you see Steph get deflated in a moment and just go, oh, shit, you know, like, yeah. like he, he has, yeah. and he's like, take it away. Kind of like you guys do something. I, I just need a second. They're making Steph work so much harder to so get, much stuff harder. And get stuff off. And it's a lot, a lot of trying to get Davion off of him. Yeah. Right. And try to hunt out mismatches, which, which they've done a good job of at times, too. Absolutely. And Steph's off ball movement, his ability to run off screens, and you're like, how did he get the ball back to finish that? Is just incredible. But the point is having someone like Davion that can make Steph work that hard. That's it. The activity, the activity. And you're making someone work that hard for 40 minutes, you know, or, or how many minutes was Mitchell in there? Okay. He was only in there 27 minutes. I'm sorry. Of. Curry's 20 or 43 minutes. So you're still making him work so hard for more than half the game. And um, yeah, and it goes to even his his ways of uh, navigating over a screen and being able to st- it, uh, it, Steph Curry's own teammates can't even get him open sometimes when Davion Mitchell is out there. And when I see Davion Mitchell go over a screen or somehow get through a screen or go through a body. It really frustrates me when his teammates aren't doing the same with like, I remember like Wiggins off a curl and Keegan was just like so late to get over it. Cause he was just thinking like, Oh, he's not curling with a purpose. And it's like, yeah, he is. And someone's going to find him. Even if it's nonchalant, he's just changing his speed. And so all defenders at all times have to be locked in. And that's the thing with Davion Mitchell. There's never a moment when he is not locked yeah, in. Yeah, I do feel like Keegan sometimes, his reaction time is just a second slot. I mean, rookie, but yeah. And in the league, that's everything. I mean, I feel like right. Clay got by him a couple of times. I'm like, Keegan, you could stay with Clay. That's, and that's, right? And yes. it's just like, it's just the reaction time and you have to be on it. But yeah. Davion has been, and that's the thing. Like, it's one thing, the on-ball defense, but then I feel like his confidence is so high right now where when he is in there and he he is pushing the ball, which has been a problem at, sometimes with him, maybe over-dribbling, he's playing the right way. He's knocking down shots. He's hitting a three. Seems like every game he knocks down a three. He's hitting the mid-range. He's attacking. Like, I, I just feel like he is the type of guy, and I've said this so many times this year, when he plays more, He's better. He could just do his thing out there. And we talk about Steph's conditioning, which is he's one of the best conditioned athletes. Davion is too. Like when Davion's been able to like stay with someone like that, chase him around and still push the pace, his conditioning is top notch. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, it's been really cool to watch through this series. Um, I mean, his first NBA playoffs and it's against 
Steph. His his assignment is to defend Steph Curry, and he has been huge with it. And Steph Curry obviously has been absolutely amazing, even with that type of defense. And that's why, no, anyone listening to this, we're not saying that he is stopping Steph Curry, no. but he is helpful in slowing him down. No one is stopping Steph. No one no is. One is. But here's what I do believe. What? This series has been spread out, right? Yes. Games two and three, pretty large separation. Games three and four went Thursday to Sunday. Four to five, Sunday to Wednesday. After game five, it's a game on Friday. Mm -hmm. If it goes seven, it's a game on Sunday. They're Ooh. not going to have as much rest. And my my point now, and if we're talking about adjustments and lineup changes, and I think these are things you can have conversations about for sure. I, Davion has to play more. I, I would make the case that if Steph is out there, Davion's out there. And I know that's tough because like Steph's going to end up playing 40-plus minutes a night, but I think even just upticking Davion's minutes to the 30-plus range makes a lot of sense because Steph is getting tired. And a tired Steph Curry gives you more of an opportunity. I just think late in this game, he made a mental mistake. He and really you and you did. could say he didn't know timeouts. Who knows what the sure. truth is? But, you know, Curry took blame after the game saying, hey, look, like, I should have made it clear that we had no timeouts. Left. Sure. Whatever happened, could that have been tiredness? Could some of the mistakes on the stretch from him be, oh, he's getting tired. My point is, make this guy work. He's 34 years old. He's got a ton of mileage, and I'm seeing it. I'm watching him. Steph Curry is bending over. And still, and and still making shots. And he's shots. still doing shit. Yeah. I'm not hating on him. No, okay? I know. It's I'm the just, truth. If the Kings are going to win this series, though, it's going to be because that guy is not as effective. Okay? If Steph Curry's not effective, the Kings can win this series. And when I say not effective, I, I don't need him scoring 30 points in a game. Yeah. And if Davion could be the guy to just make him a little more tired, make him force him into some mistakes, the Kings are going to have a good chance in this series. Is Steph Curry kind of like John Wick where he just like won't die? And like, well, at the Warriors, you could make a case. They're John Wick. When uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just really hard to kill so them. Cool. It's really hard to kill them. This is a championship team. Yeah. It's so annoying. That is so annoying, but it's true. It's true. And um, but, yeah, and so you're if you seeing play, it game by game. If you play Davion Mintz, of course you go, okay, but whose minutes are you cutting? And, you know, I, I, I've seen the chat suggest like, and I saw this after last game too, where people are like, hey, maybe you should bench Keegan. I'm like, okay, but for who? If you're bench Keegan, what are you doing? Yeah. Okay, just you got to let guys kind of get out of a funk. But you're also trying to win a series, right? This is not like, hey, second week of the season, you're overreacting. There's some tough decisions that have to be made in the playoffs, right? And Kevin Herter is in the funk of all funks right now. He is three for 21 from three in this series. He only played 21 minutes in this game tonight. He's just not knocking down shots. Mm -mm. I feel like he's hesitating a little bit. And his shot is short. Um, the mid-range wasn't dropping today. And I think Brown was like, we just, Davion's our best bet out there yep. at this point. You know, Monk. Let's get him in there. And Davion was adding some offense too, by the way, like a little yeah, bit, yeah. you know. So yeah, but and I, I still think Kevin can be legit. I mean, he's a threat because of spacing, but he's not making anything in this series. Sure, 
I don't know that you bench him at this point. When I say bench, maybe bring him off the bench and start Davion. But, I mean, maybe it's as simple as Davion's getting more of the minutes. Now, we're going to start Kev to get him, try to get him some knockdown, some shots. Because, look, he's liable to knock down five threes, six threes in a game like Keegan did tonight. You want him to get going because if he gets going, it opens up the offense and all that. But I just think Davion, the point is, Davion probably needs even more minutes than he's getting now. I I think that's a fair analysis. And But you look at, what, game two, when Kevin Herter had a lot of Steph Curry defending him. And it wasn't about his outside shots. It was about him curling off screens and moving without the ball and knocking down so many mid-range shots, just cooking on the inside, looking good. It's there, and he's capable of doing that. He's capable of being that other weapon on the offensive end, even if it isn't off of a DHO, you know, because they're doing such a great job of slowing that down with Domas Sabonis. Um, there's a lot of ball movement, off-ball movement that he adds that is fantastic, and you're not seeing it, and Davion was the guy to play tonight, absolutely, but I think that's a game-by-game. Game. You go just game-by-game game with that, Deuce. So you would not consider making uh, a line a starting lineup change no 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 i would not i i, I don't think this is like uh where the warriors were like oh we're better without right you know draymond green let's let's make that adjustment there's no way the warriors are even going to do that next game you think they're just going to roll out with draymond and i Looney? think they are yeah. i think they are i mean who knows i mean they're in an interesting spot too because and this is the case i was making to morgan on the way back The Kings understand that they have to push the pace in this series. They need to tire this team out. They need to make Steph work and tire him out. And as this series shifts to every other day after game five, could be interesting to see if that's a factor. But also thinking about how I, I, I don't even, now I forgot what I was saying. Help me out here, Morgan. Dave, uh, Coming off the bench, Coming Kevin off. Herter, okay. Davion okay. Mitchell. Ah, wow, you really lost. Oh, and what we were talking about on the way back from rotation. Got thank it. you, thank you. Because I sorry, I started to go a different direction about Davion. Okay, okay, okay. But coming back, rotation, oh. rotation. Got it. Game three, the Warriors did an incredible job on second chance opportunities, right? Okay. Offensive yes. rebounding, yes. like the hustle plays. Two of the key guys in that game were DiVincenzo and Moody. They're not really playing a GP two in this GP two is back. He played seven minutes in this game. Game by game basis. They're there's they're going through their rotation. They're still trying to figure stuff out. I mean, they made a lineup change. In some ways, the Warriors have to feel good, like, hey, it's two two and we're searching. Yeah. They are searching for the right combination. Changing starting lineups in the playoffs. It, it is pretty rare. It doesn't, especially with a championship team like the Warriors, right? Sure. Like defending champs. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Like, will they go with that same lineup or will they go, you know what? We can't, Poole's going to get cooked out there. We need to have Draymond out there, at least create some second chance opportunities. And we'll just stagger Looney and Green a lot, which they did in the first half. They did end up playing together down the stretch, but. I don't know. It's just interesting to see what kind of decisions are made with the Warriors rotation. Yeah, it, it is. But that's why when it comes to the Kings, I I just I don't think they're a team that is like ready for that those drastic 
changes, right? And I'm not I'm not saying that they they wouldn't be able to to handle it. I just I I appreciate the consistency with them. I think even those times throughout the season that Mike Brown kept Malik Monk coming off the bench even when one of the starters were yeah, yeah. out or injured or health whatever because he wanted to keep um consistency with their rotations and I feel like you want to continue that mostly into the postseason especially with this matchup against the Warriors yeah I know I hear you and I, I'm cool with that I think you know Herder, like I said Herder is definitely a guy that once it gets going it could really help absolutely things. And then, but I still think Davion needs to play a significant amount of minutes out there well, with Fox whatever like yeah. get the, this is the, the team to do it against yeah to do it you yeah. know um Sabonis has had such a weird series, and we talked about it coming in, and I think some people were making fun of us in the chat. We're, we both said Looney and Green are going to make life hard on this guy, and man, have they made life hard on Demonis Sabonis. I thought tonight, or today, Sabonis was hunting the foul calls far too much. Like falling I, on I the mean, ground. He's falling on the ground a Taking lot. himself out of the next possession. And Yeah, for he's sure. He's got to go play. I even... I think I asked Brown that the other day at practice. I'm like, would you want him to take the mid-range shot? Because he's passing it up. Yeah. Tonight, he did take it. Well, which he said good. green he light. And he did have the green light. But he needs to take it. Yep. He needs to take it, especially if they're giving it. Because he can make that. But I just I, I just felt like there were too many times he was trying to draw fouls. And he's not alone. Malik Monk did the same thing. Malik Monk was so chaotic down the stretch. The, the reason the Kings lost this game is... In a close game, you against this team, you have to play nearly perfect basketball. And the Kings did not. They had five turnovers in the fourth quarter. And they had multiple opportunities with the ball, with the chance to take the lead. And it was either a bad shot, trying to draw a foul, or a turnover. And execution is everything like Malik Monk driving to the basket, just like throwing something up to draw contact. You're not getting this call. This officiating group that was out there today, they, they were letting them play. Uh -huh. So you need to play the right way. Don't, don't be drawn. And then falling on the ground and not getting back. It's just take, and those are momentum killing plays because one, you don't draw the foul. The crowd's going crazy. Cause it's, a defense, they think it's a defensive stop or they get a stop, whatever. And oh, the Warriors are out in transition. Oh, Here we go. Yep. You're playing Killer. catch up and they're scoring. And then it's all bad. That, it's is, an avalanche. Something, that is something that we saw De'Aaron Fox do throughout his first years in this league. He was looking for the foul rather than taking the contact and looking to make the shot. And look how much of a leap he's taken in this year yep. because he looks first to make the shot. And I think there's so many times that Domas consistently throughout the year looks to just power through and make the shot. Um, I think it comes with frustration uh, for Domas when he's trying to sell a little bit well, more, like save that for Jordan pool. That's Morgan, not your style. What it's that's what you said before the series started. What? When he gets frustrated, yep. he yes. can take himself out of a game. Yes. And, and that's what we've seen a lot in this series, but I thought it was going to be a lot more of like Draymond taking him out of him, his game. But I think a lot of it has to do with Looney really just being that other brick wall against him. Um, and not only Looney, you look at even the guards when it comes to a dribble handoff in the way that they've been not allowing 
Domas to create like he's used to creating and, and, and having so much more of a free-flowing offense with his guys. They've done a great job of stopping that. And Domas just, I think, needs to be more aggressive and look for his, whether it's in that mid-range, whether it's battling through guys. You know, there's times he's getting away with, like, that extra step, you know, a little bit of yes. a slide of the foot yes. or whatever. So, you know, whenever people want to complain about officiating – um, in some of these last couple of games, I've seen it on both sides. There was a time Monk slipped and they called the foul on Wiggins. And I was like, let's go. But it wasn't a foul at all. So there's going to be those there was moments. A, there was a sequence late on a Sabonis drive where Green contested, but like he was literally climbing on Sabonis's shoulder. Oh and my then Wiggins God. came over and hacked him. Yep. They didn't call it, but like Bonus's jersey flew up yeah. two different times, and it's like getting pushed up by a human being. But you're right; he's it not went, getting the call. That's right. not why they lost the game. No, it wasn't no, the no, officiating. No. But I just thought some of the decision making down the stretch. I thought the one positive was Sabonis. He had eight assists and two turnovers in this game. Coming into this game today, he had ten assists and thirteen turnovers in the series. Whoa! So that was a that was a big swing for him, and I felt like the Kings were able to get their dribble handoff game going a little bit. I was encouraged by that. I was. I was encouraged by that. But And then rebounding. His rebounding was low at seven, but I was watching him. He did a great job trying to keep Looney off the offensive glass. And Battling. He, and, and really, I mean, he was like facing him and pushing him away yeah. and allowing his other guys, other teammates to come get the rebound. Well, so he was hel- he did a great job on the board. And what I love about that, that's like, that is like, goes back to the line of like fine man and then fine ball, right? Like he was making the point of emphasis of making sure Looney was, had all of his attention, not the ball. Someone else can get the ball. I got Looney, everyone else do their jobs. And he did a great job at that. Yeah. So he finished with 14 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. The reality though, when, when three of your four starters are not playing at their levels, it's going to be tough to, to win this. Like, Sabonis has to play better than the series. That's he it. He has to be better. And Herter has to be better. The first thing you asked me was like, man, what do you think about De'Aaron's, De'Aaron's game and how special he's been? My first thought was he needs help, right? Like, it, and there's enough guys that are capable of being so much better. And Keegan stepping up is huge. Uh, Davion having the type of day on both ends of the floor was a big deal as well. But yes, it's the other big names that you got to have some more production from yeah it's otherwise gonna be tough i mean especially against this team that has so many weapons that can that can kill you uh here's what mike brown had to say about uh his team trying to uh go for fouls one of the things we have to do but we we want to play fast we're going to keep playing fast but all of our guys are driving into two three sometimes three guys in transition and begging for a call Mm -hmm. and you you can't you know we can't continue to do that and uh, you know it's a great learning experience for guys to be able to see because we wasted a ton of possessions in transition driving and just throwing up some crazy stuff and you know space the floor stop and spray the ball and if we miss a wide open three that is way better than driving and throwing up some crazy stuff because at the end of the day this is what i keep telling our guys you're not you're gonna have to knock these guys out You can't rely on the referee because if I'm a referee, the shots that we're taking at the rim in transition, I ain't calling neither (laughs) because you're begging for a foul. Yes. You can't drive to the rim and beg for a foul every single possession, and then they run it back at us because they have a numbers advantage. 
we got to play the right way and, and when we're playing fast. And we're, we didn't do a good job of that, in, especially in the second half. We had a lot of guys shoot some, some, some tough, tough, tough shots begging for fouls at the rim and transition. Well, that's a good coach. He's not going to call out a specific guy, but that's Malik Monk and Sabonis. Yes. I mean, we'll do it for you, coach. That's yes. who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I think they know it too. Like, and when I say it's not – it's it's not throwing shade. It's about you know they're better than that, yeah. and that with a little bit of a tweak to their mentality or their focus on those moments, Malik Monk, what a special playmaker he has been this season. Instead of just trying to throw it up, try to find that extra pass, and maybe his teammates too can do a better job of not only spraying out for those threes, but doing a better job of moving without the basketball and relocating when they see him chaotically going to the basket. Or Domas, same thing. Take that. Take a second breath when you're getting hacked to make that extra overhead pass to the weak side to the open man. Yeah, I, I just... Late game situations, you got to be smarter than that. And it's not always about trying to go for the home run and, you know, push, push, push. Let me just go into three guys and hopefully I get a whistle. Um, make the right play, you know? And that's what experience teams do. I mean, I think that's the thing that, like, I keep trying to have perspective on. You know, when you're watching these, you know, I, well, I think we all, we're all watching at home and we're going, just want to win this series. You know, once you're there, you want to win it. Yeah. It's, that's the worst. But I, you know, driving home, I'm like, well, perspective is, this is a great experience. This is a great experience. And after yep. what happened in game three, where I thought they just got punked, you know, like they, they got outworked against a desperate team. They adjusted well to those things tonight. Like not only did they knock down some shots tonight, they rebounded much better tonight. They, they, they didn't get punked tonight. Right. Yeah. But it's those little things. And in this series, Doing the little things mean everything. Ever, all It means everything. And doing the little things you get to learn from, not only for, you know, your future and of your career, but even for the next game. Sure. And, you, and what I love about these guys and this King squad is that they take so much pride in that. And whether it's watching film or learning from that, that one play going into a timeout and then changing it up. Like they want to be better. And the coaches want to be better. The players want to be better. And you know, my perspective when I'm watching, there's moments where I want to get emotional and like, just, I feel all these things like, no, I want this so bad. And then I take a step back and I go perspective. This is so freaking cool. This is so cool seeing them play at this level. And I'm not saying like a cute moral victory, like, oh my God, I'm so happy that they made it here. No, it's the style. It's the way that they play together. And it's the way that they make adjustments from game to game. And how, just like we said, even though this was a loss, this looked like their best game of this series when it comes to their shot making ability they're um really focusing on getting those rebounds and not allowing guys to just fly in just just those adjustments were very noticeable today yeah and you know to mike brown's point about transition fast break points the warriors ended up winning that battle by one Sweet. point but check this out what it was 17 fifth or by two points 17 15 warriors and fast break points the Kings with fast break points were seven of sixteen. The Warriors six of nine. Damn. So I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the Kings had 
far more opportunities to score in transition. Yep. And they just forcing it, making mistakes. And Blocks. the and the Warriors transition defense oh is my really God. good. I mean, Wiggins had that one chase down, which luckily Keegan was there to clean it up for Sacramento. But yeah, I mean it's they, they get back in, in transition. Uh points in the paints. The Warriors and the Kings were tied 50-50. Second chance points. The Kings won that battle 18-11. to Points in the paint, a little surprising to the extent of um, the easy points in the paint, it seemed like, for the Warriors at times. Line drives, Jordan Poole. Steph- Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. After the end of a good fight, deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Curry, Clay Thompson, and then not only those line drives, just like we were talking about early on, the way that they were moving around the basketball and then that baseline cutter every single time or in the dunker spot, they'd be right there. Uh, no one, the, the road, it wasn't even just about like, oh, no one's rotating over. There's so much focus on the guy, Steph Curry over there, which just spreads the floor out so much. And then Looney, you're still, you're just trying to battle him while focusing on guys moving without the basketball. Yeah, Warriors did a much better job of just moving. Everyone was moving and scoring in the paint. And then this was an interesting stat. Uh, Green and Looney combined for 20 points, 14 rebounds. Sorry, let me rewind. Okay. Draymond and Looney combined for 20 points, 24 rebounds, and 13 assists. Wow, yeah. That's incredible production from your bigs. Huge. And... Yeah, I mean, the Kings just had a lot of defensive breakdowns tonight, too. Uh, Warriors end up shooting 50%, 41% from three on 14 of 34, 91% from the free throw line, 22 of 24. Sacramento shot 47%, 40% from three on 14 of 35, 15 of 18 from the free throw line. Rebounding advantage was tied at 44. Kings only had 10 turnovers in this game. 
25 assists. Warriors had 31 assists and 12 turnovers. It was just a... Dude, it was a great game. It was a, it was a fun game. It was an entertaining game. Now the series is tied up at two apiece, and we have to start looking ahead to game five. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us right now. We got 400-plus people watching us live Let's late go. hours and hours after the game on a Sunday night. If you have not yet, can you hit the thumbs up button? All it does is help our channel grow. Thanks. That'd be great. Uh, if there are any points we're missing or anything that you think we need to talk about, make sure to drop it in the chat. I did put this poll question up. How are you feeling headed into game five? Great, we're in this thing. Nervous or I'm concerned? Oh. 48% of people saying, great, we're in this thing. 32% say nervous. 21% say I'm concerned. Where are you at? Um, I'm between the nervous and great. <laughs> I was going to say kind of the same thing. Uh, look, I'm more nervous uh, than anything. I This Warriors team, you just go... After seeing them and people go, do they have a switch? No, like it's game five means a lot, means almost everything. I, you know, I'm not going to call, I hate when people call something a must win when it's not technically a must win, but it's the closest thing to a must win for the Kings that there is. Yeah. Well, right? Especially like, because of who they're going up against. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, then you have to go on the road yep. and win a game six to force a game seven. So, aye, you know, aye, it, aye. this Warriors team for all their flaws that we've all talked about all year long, you're just looking at them going, yeah, I mean, I don't know why we ever doubt you guys. And as long as Steph is, there, and they may be on close to the end with this particular group. Like there's a lot of salary cap things down the stretch, Draymond's future. They're going to have tough decisions to make, but with the West being so wide open, you see them like, Oh man. But I also think this team is beatable. And I think this Kings team is the biggest threat that they've really had in a long, long time through the Western conference. You know, I mean, you think about last year's run for them, who they play? Didn't they they played Denver without without Jamal Murray and without Porter. They played Dallas. Good job. Com- you know, I'm trying to think of who else the Warriors play in their 2022 playoff run in the re- in the West playoffs NBA. I'm missing a bad one. Yeah, don't I- ask me right now. Oh, I want to just. Oh, Memphis. Uh, Memphis. You know they were good last year, but you know what I mean. Like this Kings team is giving them everything. Everything. And you know, the the war Mike Brown, I think, has done a good job of painting it this way. And I think it's fair. The Warriors did what they're supposed to do. Win your home games. They were 33 and 8 at home during the regular season. The test is can this Warriors team get it done on the road, which they haven't done during the season. And they lost two competitive games in Sacramento. That place on Wednesday night is going to be insane. Um, should we, do you have something you want to say? No. Well, where are we going to go next? I was going to read the chat for a second to That's see if there fine. was any question. Uh, Sean says, do they talk about the officiating? I didn't hear anything. Dre got away with mad taunting. You know, Sean, you, that, that's a great point. I, I mentioned this to Morgan too. So he had the issue where he's kind of talking shit to Keegan when he fouled him. Fox and him got into it. They gave out the technicals, double uh-huh. technicals. Then he had another play where he screamed, I think, was it in Barnes's face? I mean, right in his face. I think it was Barnes. Either way, it was somebody who screamed. Draymond knew. He knew. There was no way in hell he was getting tossed in this game for taunting. 
He knew it. He picked up that, that technical early. He knew he wasn't going to get thrown out. The only way Draymond was going to get thrown out is if he stomped on someone's chest again. And would he? You know, like, that. that's it. Because the, the, after being suspended, where some people didn't think he should be suspended, whatever, like, he knew he could have a technical. Just, he was not getting tossed from this game. It's just like when we were seeing the, toward the end of the season with Luka Doncic and, you know, one more tech, and he was going to be suspended the next game. And it was they Fox's res- face. Nice. And they rescinded the his 16th technical of the season or whatever after the game. And it's like, so then he wasn't suspended. So he could keep playing. And then after that though, Luca knew he could get away with murder when complaining and doing all of his things. And some of these guys, they know the game. They know where they stand with the league. And I think it's bullshit, but it's the truth. Charlie says no way that Draymond accidentally pokes Murray in the face. That was some Bush league or such Bush league. Look, that's the one thing in this series, Arizona. Draymond has hit guys in the face a few times. And I'm sorry. You do every once in a while, sure. But there's a time where I'm like, I'm I think you're kind you of doing it on purpose. And, Dude, we've talked about this. Yes. My point, though, is how many times I watch a game during the regular season where someone gets hit in the face, they go review it. They're, they haven't done it. And I thought Keegan was on the ground for a second. Draymond was talking shit like, get up. He thought, you know, Keegan was selling it. Keegan's not selling it. Keegan was like, God, that really hurt. You hit me in the face. The officials should have taken a look at it. And it's just weird. It's just an interesting thing that I'm watching a little bit. Also, remember before the series, I said, who who's the most liable people to go chirping at each other? I said Fox and Green. You did say that. You, all today. you did say that. I yes. Wow, you're so smart. I love it. What was he saying to him? People said, uh, some people are saying he was calling uh, Draymond a hoe. Oh, I did see someone say that. I, I saw like a hoe ass what? Some something and then you yeah. stupid ass hoe or something. Yeah. Um, either way, I mean, it was just some shit talking and yeah. uh I'm glad someone's going back at Draymond because yeah, the really quick deuce, the whole going out the face thing, whenever we were talking about Domas and everyone's be like, he's so dirty, he grabbed a leg, he does things. Yeah, guys do things, but I'm telling you, like, I raked a few faces during my basketball career. I never raked that many faces in one season, right? Like, you you couldn't, you had to play it cool, like, you're not doing it on purpose. And Draymond doesn't even have to play it cool because he's not, he just is going to get away with it. Yeah, it's, you're right. He will just get, get away with it. I mean, it's, that's. They should take a look at it. Uh, someone in the chat was mentioning uh, the Kings looked a little tight. They had five turnovers in the fourth. Yeah, they did, but you know, the Warriors had five turnovers too. The fourth quarter was 33-24 Sacramento. Uh, they shot 44%, three of eight, eight of nine from the free throw line. The Warriors shot just 38%. I mean, it really goes back to the third quarter. You don't give up 37 points. You have mm. a good chance to win this game, but... Hey, dust yourself off. Get ready for game number five. Uh, do you want to hear what Harrison Barnes had to say about that final shot? At the I end? do. All right, let's hear uh, what HB had to say after the game. HB had to say after the game. Winning, potential game-winning shot, that it's going to stick with you for a while. I get the sense it's already gone from your mindset. Is that fair? You know, after you learn to put yourself together after 2016, I think, you know, one shot is not going to necessarily save you, so. You know, for me, it's all about trusting the process. I mean, like I said, we got a good look. We missed it. Um, 
but at the end of the day, I think the way that we're playing, the way that we're in the series right now, uh, we just have to continue to do two zero. I'll tell you this, dude. This Kings team's not going to get shook. They they, they still seem composed. I, I'm telling you, even if they lose this series, mm-hmm. it's not going to be out of a choke job. It's going to be because the Warriors did what a championship team probably should do yep. and win this series. They are the favorites. But the Kings are going to be competitive. And they have a chance to go home for game five and go up 3-2 with, with a chance to close it out in game six. I love the poise. I love the... And that's because of Mike Brown and his the, staff, dude. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they prepared them. They prepare them. They hold them accountable. Uh-huh. They challenge them. Mike Brown was talking about how he's been cussing out Keegan Murray the last few days. Oh, I and love Ke- it. Keegan's like, yeah, yes. Our girl Tristy with NBC Sports California uh, was in the Mike Brown presser and was asking Mike Brown a little bit about that. You know, like, yeah, so, you know, the way that you cuss out Keegan Murray. And Mike Brown's like, well, I don't, like, fully just cuss him out. And she's like, okay, okay, I get it. But are you going to use that same tactic with Kevin Herter? You know, like, basically, is that is that going to be your next um, – uh, thing that you do with someone else that isn't finding his shot and finding his groove. And I think Mike Brown's point is like, you know, it just really depends on the player and how you get it out of them, depending on the personnel. Like I don't need to cuss out everyone just to have them make shots. Um, they just got to keep shooting and find their own confidence too. Um, in the chat, someone says, got to force that double to come over earlier so that a couple of double screens can occur. We were in the bonus and needed only one point. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there are so many things. I mean, we could talk about that final play. We could talk about the play where there was some miscommunication with mm. Fox and Barnes and Fox with the pass it turnover out of bounds when it's 121-119. You know, yep. these are wasted possessions. We could talk about trying to hunt fouls. These are wasted possessions. We always, like, circle that final play. I don't think it was great. Again, you still got an open look from three, and you missed it. It's not like you got an open look from three with Alex Len, who doesn't take threes anymore. Although, we were on the Athletic (laughs) NBA podcast on Saturday, and they had a trivia question. How many three-pointers has Alex Len made in his NBA career? And Deuce and I were like, oh, it's got to be. Well, I passed it. Remember, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's definitely under 100, but go ahead and guess. And I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. Alex Lent, I knew he had a year where he hit threes. He's had well over 100 threes in his yeah, NBA Yeah, like 111 yeah. or something in his <laughs> NBA career. So uh, if it was Alex Lent, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Let it fly. Yes. Uh, before Kidding. we continue on and look ahead to Game 5, can we mention this, that tonight's Night Chat, back in Sacramento, presented by our buddy Sean Stanfield over at rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. Uh, if you're looking to refinance your house, you're like, it doesn't make sense for me to refinance. For some people, it makes a lot of sense. Some, it may not make sense. But Sean will tell you if it makes sense or not. So hit up our guy, Sean Stanfield, over at Guaranteed Rate, rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. You can also call him if you need to purchase a house. Can you afford to purchase a house? Does it make sense for you right now? Or you know it makes sense. You need someone to help you through that process? Sean is your guy. He's a big Kings fan. You go to his website, rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. Or give him a call, 916-276-7563. That's 916 756 Seven five six three nine one six two seven six seven five six three. That was me going too fast. Like I was Malik Monk and I was throwing something up. I should slow. That down. was good job. Yes, my bad. My bad. Turnover Deuce. Uh, we appreciate Sean support the Deuce and Mo podcast. Thanks so much to our friends at Guarantee. Right. Guarantee. Right. Also, shout out to this New York Times bestselling author. She is sick. She's demented. She is twisted. Oh, in addition, her books are good. 
That dark mind does wonders with thrillers. The one and only T.R. Reagan. Get her books at Amazon.com, Morgan. I love her. I miss her. I haven't even seen her or talked to her because there's been so much playoff basketball going on. And she's just in her office writing more and more books. But the books she has out now, seriously, you guys, this summer, if you are looking for a read, make sure to go check out all of her books on trreagan.com or Amazon.com. Um, I'm on book six of her Lizzie Gardner series. It's a six book series. I can't wait well, I, I can wait till basketball's over, but when basketball's over, I can't wait to yeah. finish her last book in that series. It's all of her books are amazing. Make sure to check them out. Appreciate her support. The Deuce and Mo podcast. We appreciate everyone's support. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed as well. Um, Matthew in the chest says, I'd have played Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Wow. Deuce turned over. Alex it. Len. In games so much this season, but Sacramento still got the third seed. Yeah, it's interesting how Alex Land has been so impactful at times down the stretch of the season mm-hmm. and in this series, specifically tonight. In that that first stretch, he played. He had six points. He had five rebounds. Two offensive rebounds for him in this game. And yeah, for a team that was searching so long for a backup five. I wonder why he didn't get more looks earlier. Yeah, I I still don't understand it. Um, Either way, I don't give a damn. They figured it out late in the season. He got some run, and I think that was their goal at that point. Like, okay, is this the direction we need to go for postseason when we need a bigger body as our backup five? And we're not going to go small ball with Trey Lyles. And it's... It's the perfect little answer for right now, especially. And his moments in this in this series, um, they have been impactful. And I love that it just kind of throws the Warriors off a little bit, especially defensively. So it's been nice to see. Well, Morgan, we get to wait until Wednesday. Yeah, we do. Wednesday, Kings, Warriors, Game 5. I'm going to sleep. Game 5. I know. I'm excited. This, I mean... It's... Here's what I Oof. definitely need, and what? maybe I'll, I'll have to cut a promo at some point to really get people amped up. But if you're going to game five, Ooh. I don't need you to have nervous energy. I no. don't want you to go into it thinking, oh, I'm scared. Love that. Nervous energy cannot no. be felt in that building. You need confidence, yep. and you need what you brought in game one and game two. I thought game. I thought in game three in San Francisco, the Kings missed feeding off that crowd. Yeah. They handled it great today. I agree. I thought they did a great job. I mean, what Keegan did on the road in a tough environment, close guy, I loved it. Even Fox, the booze for Sabonis like yeah. slowed down. I'm like, what are you pansies doing? Come no, on. I need Kings fans yeah. to bring it on Wednesday. That game is going to be on NBC Sports California. If you're out of town, it's going to be on TNT. Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy on the call for that game. And will it be Jared Greenberg on the sidelines? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, but Morgan will be part of the NBC Sports California broadcast. Of course, Mark Jones, Kitty Christensen on the call for that game locally yeah. on NBC Sports California. Game five. Uh, this game to me means everything. I mean. Really? Yes, because you lose this game. That means you've lost three in a row. And you lose a home game. The home team's won. The Warriors have to win on the road to win this series. And I would hate for the Kings to be in a position to be in a must-win situation in game six 
on in the a room. place where the Warriors just have played so well. Yep. It's imperative to win game five. It's it's a monster game in terms of like what you want to see. I, I want to see more Davion minutes. I want Sabonis to play in control. You guys got to feed off that home crowd, force the Warriors in the mistakes, and you got to you got to go for the jugular. You got to go for the kill shot. Run this team off the floor. I'd like to give me a blow. I, I mean, know it's not going to happen, but, but that's what worked so well yeah. the first two games, right? Running the shit out of them. And that's just moving the ball around up and down the floor. But what does that start with, too? That starts with locked-in defense. That that goes for getting finishing off the defensive possession with a rebound, right? Not allowing them to get those second-chance opportunities. They're deflating. They, they stop you from keeping your pace um to keeping your rhythm into your shots so yeah it's it's got it's got to look like one of those games for the kings and i think the best other word to use is being composed just like you told the all sacramento kings fans come into that building have that same energy that composed not cocky not anything else just like composed excited we got this kind of feeling uh kings same kind of thing for them, especially when they're on the floor actually doing the work. And the interesting thing that we're going to f- try to figure out in the next couple of days, will they go back to the Draymond Looney starting lineup? I think they will. Or where they start Jordan Poole? We'll see. You know what they need to do. Turn the fucking jets on! Turn the fucking jets on! Turn them on. Run on these guys. Play Mitchell. I want Mitchell all over Curry the whole game. Mm-hmm exhaust them i think as this series goes longer the kings and i know they're going to be tired too but i think they are overall the better conditioned team and now they have to expose the warriors conditioning a little bit well and they're the better conditioned team too because i mean look you look at health around the warriors wiggins wasn't playing um clay finally started finding his groove at the end of this season really like a lot more consistently uh Steph just the mileage you know you you have these things and then GP2 um everything that was going on with him so or you know not even being part of the team and then his health as well so yeah like you you've had health all season long knock on wood um use that to your advantage you know what we have not done in this postseason Think have about we not? this. And guys, I want to apologize. We have not done it in this postseason. Wow. We have not talked to our buddy, our dear friend. And maybe this is what we need after a King's mm. loss. After this series is tied up at two apiece. Let's welcome to the show. Coach Nick. Hi, Duzamo. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. good. What's up, dude? What's on your mind? Well, I'm gonna say that. You know, I know we lost by one play. I was at the watch party today, and you know, everybody knows who I am. They always, they always say, Coach Nick. Oh, and and hold on, who do you and have? I got, and I Nick, got, I got, Nick, <laughs> Nick. I'm talking, Nick. I'm talking. Who do you have? to give credit to in this situation like who is the reason why does you why do you who is the reason you are famous say it daddy do say daddy do 
<laughs> Daddy Deuce. Oh my God, Nick, you didn't. You don't need to say that, Nick. You're famous because you're amazing, and you're just such a great person, and everyone loves yeah. you. I'm so glad everyone was saying, shouting your name. Okay, but Nick, let's get back to fo- let's focus okay. here. This is playoff time. All right, the Kings are tied up with the Warriors. How are you feeling about this series? Well, I'm feeling. What I'm feeling about this series is no, it's two to two piece. And if we can go three games to two, we can go three games to two. We can. I know we can. I know that we can go three games to two. The matter of fact is that if we go three games to two, that would be great. That would be awesome. Hell yeah. Can, give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Nick. And I just want to oh. say that. May 13th is my wait for uh, I will be at the Folsom Regionals competition, track and field competition for Special Olympics. And I have to be there by 9 a.m. So if you guys want to come out, you guys can come watch me. Uh, okay, we'll, f- I'll, we'll find out what's going on. I mean, I could be in a deep playoff run. Maybe, I mean, by then, could be in LA or Memphis playing a second Ooh. round series, right? So who knows? But we'll definitely keep you posted. Nick. I need to know this. You played a tough game against Golden State. You lose by one. Harrison Barnes missed the shot at the buzzer. When you're in the locker room, what's your message to your team to get them ready to go for a big game five? My message to the team is to stay on your man and, you know, just guard your guy. Mm. Stay on him. Who's been, yeah. who's been your favorite player in this series so far? My favorite player in this series has been, you know, Darren Fox, Keegan Murray. What about Dave? Keegan Murray. What about Davion Mitchell? He's staying on his guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he likes him too. All right, Nick. Any other things before we let you go, man? I do want to say we're gonna fire that laser on Wednesday. Hell, you're oh, Nick. We Nick, better. I need. I need to see the beam lit. Oh, we all need the beam to be too. lit, Nick. I love it. All right, man. Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam? All All right. right. (laughs) Sleep dreams. Sleep dreams, Morgan and Deuce. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye-bye. Hey. There's Nick. Best. I went to the watch party tonight, and everyone knows me. Everybody knows Nick. I love it. Everyone, and he stands out. Coach Nick stands out. And if you don't buy him a piece of pizza, well, you're probably going to hell. Did you... Someone just pointed this out too. Our, our, we said all right, totally insane. Oh, I know. That was pretty funny. It's like, it's almost close to the same conversation, for the most part with Nick. But every know, time, yeah, yeah, there's there's times when it's not. He is the best. We he love is. Nick. Hey, what's up, Jordan? Hey guys, how we doing? Good. We're good. You've had a chance to cool off, to reflect. It's been a few <laughs> hours since the Kings lost. What's on your mind tonight? I, I, I will admit I was pretty emotional after that loss. Okay, I have time. I've had some time to think about it. Um, no, so tough loss, and you know I don't know if you could ask for a better way. You know, an open three to kind of end that game and you know try to win it on the road. Um, but just a couple of things that I think in this series that have jumped out to me, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on them. Um, Jared Fox has shot thirty threes over the last three games. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty high number for him. I, 
I, I feel like he's playing at such a high level. There was one game, and I, they're all kind of blurring together now. It might have been game two. I'm trying to look back at the game log to see where... You felt like he settled It was game two. It was game two, where I just felt like he settled and forced it tonight. I, I didn't have an issue with it. I Same. think he's in such a good rhythm right now. And, you know, I think he's going to have to knock down shots like that. He's going to, especially when they're going to leave him open, shoot it with confidence and knock him down. I thought he was great tonight. I have... I had zero issue with it tonight. Yeah, and um, I think you said game two. I think that was the one where he went two for ten. Yeah, yeah, um, two I think for that ten. Was the, that was the rough one. Um, I agree. I agree to some extent, and it's pretty nitpicky because, you know, like you guys have said, Fox has been pretty incredible. Yeah, if you're a nitpicking Fox right now, <laughs> I'm I'm coming after you. <laughs> uh, he's been great. He's been. I mean, it, who has been the best player in this series? Him and Steph? Yeah. That's it. I mean, those two guys have been a joy to watch. Watching these guys exchange punches left and right. Hell yeah. I mean, Steph's not really guarding Fox, obviously, but Fox will take Steph every once in a while. Mitchell takes him. It's been a fun fun thing to watch. Yeah, and... Are you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're Back good. Off for a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah um... Yeah, so I think that no, was just the thing we got the last thing on that was just, um, to me, I think there are moments where I know the words go under almost every screen. Um, and I think they're dare, like, you know, they want him to shoot that, understandably. Him and Davion. So to me, I think there are just moments where he settles too much for that rather than. I, I didn't feel that way tonight, really though. The guy shot, th- yeah. he, took, he took 31 shot attempts. 31. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's getting to his spots, you know, and they're and they're trying to take away his spots too, like they did the final play of the game where they oh. played it perfectly. But um no, I I've been really satisfied with how he's played. That that like the the one you had just mentioned though, the game two, I was like, ah, I feel like you're settling a bit here. Let's get it off good ball movement. Let's get it in transition where you can step into it, get in rhythm and launch it. He's some nice ones tonight, and he's still getting the, the nights that I don't like are when the majority of his shots are coming from three. And you're like, what, what what's happening? Like, yeah, you're, the, turn the, on the large jets, majority. It's like, go get to get to the rack, get the mid range going. Cause even when he's getting into the paint, yeah. he can still create off that and, and lead to a better shot for someone else. Right? Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be him finishing um, the possession, but, but yeah, no, there's, there's for the most part, this series, it's like his shot selection, his um, ability to still get to his spots when different type of defenses are thrown at him. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the 31 shot attempts, I don't think a single one, like it, that truly felt like something that they desperately needed in this game. Um, you know, Fox rarely takes that many shots in a game. And I think this series, he's doing exactly what they needed him to do to really be competitive. Um I think the other, the one other thing I had about this game, and it's kind of been the last couple games to some extent, uh, defensively, uh, the Warriors' short roll absolutely destroying oh, the games in the half court. Um, and I think the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing that's evident is Kavon Looney's assist numbers have been absolutely ludicrous. Um, I think he has 15 assists in the last two games. Yeah, that that short roll game has been phenomenal, and especially when they've got two guys in the corner. And it's pick your poison. You're going to kick out to one for three. One's cutting. 
the low man's, you know. It, He's like the unsung hero. Kareth Burke, who covers the Warriors, we were talking about that before the game, and she that's exactly what she was saying. Like, his impact on this team has just been something else, something that they truly needed um, in this series against the Kings. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are seeing it. To me, it just looks... There was one moment, I think, in the fourth quarter where I think they switched how they were defending that. Um, I think when Sabonis, I think, hedged Steph Curry or someone, you know, Steph or Clay, pretty hard on the perimeter, immediately tagged Looney back, kind of rotated back, but then I think it still just led to a tough basket. So I don't know if they need to defend that differently or what they need to exactly do. And that's what's Um, so tough about the Warriors, too, is, like, some of this stuff is you take one thing away and it opens something up. And when you have so many guys who can make plays, you know, Draymond's ability to make a play, whether it's setting a screen, making it a good pass – the off-ball movement, it's, I think as Kings fans, we've seen the chemistry of this Kings offense in this first year, and we're kind of like, wow, this is great. Well, it's like times 100 with the Warriors, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they just know each other so well. They know everything about what they want to do offensively. They don't have to, like, call anything. They just, it's read and read. They're so good working off of each other. Draymond and Steph... Like you think they have to talk about anything? No, no, no. He knows no. it. Clay, like it's body language. Yeah, it's, it's through the eyes. It's, it's crazy. And so they're exit. They just execute at such a high level. And for the Kings, yeah, it, for a team that's not a good defensive team, you know, they've had I think better defensive moments in this series, which has been encouraging. But they still have breakdowns, and it's it's a tough team to defend. I think the other thing I keep talking about too is, you know, I, I understand the disappointment of not being up three one because you want to win this series. But I'm like, did he did? We really think this series was going to be easy against this team? Like Yeah, like I I, I think so many people sometimes they get so much confidence after back to back wins. Yeah, it was that two they're like close oh, games it's at- over. And it's like, no, no, no. This is I know we haven't seen this in a while, but this is what a playoff series oh, especially against a team like the Golden State Warriors is going to look like. This is very normal. Yeah, for me going into this series, like it really was like there was no one in the West at least seeing how it turned out um, that I was particularly afraid of. But I will say the one team I did not want to see in the first round was Golden State. Yeah, I was um, with you on that. As we got closer, I was like, oh, I was bummed that they fit. But, you know, I'm also having, trying to have this perspective. Okay, it would have been nice to play a different team in the first round, maybe see Golden State later so you could go through, I guess. But you know what? Your first time in the playoffs together? Yep. Go deal with this team. Go fight. And if you can win this series, who the hell knows at this point? Because I think winning this series sets up some pretty incredible possibilities for Sacramento that no one would have predicted, you know? Um, And also the experience for these guys playing together in their first playoff series against this team. Um, Some of these guys with their first playoff experience, whether that's Keegan, Fox, Monk, Mitchell, all four of those guys. For the, well, I want to say Monk, it was up and down today, but yeah. he had some nice moments. They've had great moments in their first playoff series, and to get this experience against this team, it's it can help you for years to come. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I mean, the series has been incredible. I think we're seeing things from Davion Mitchell that I don't think we were fully mm. prepared. Like we knew how good of a defender he was, but to me, it's also the stuff he's doing on offense. You know, Keegan yes. Murray getting. Keegan Murray getting going, you know, on a huge game. I think the one thing about the way this series has gone so far is 
we've you know we've yet to see and it kind of was like this for the regular season too is we have to see this team really click on all cylinders where every player has it going um so i think that's the big thing and i'm really hoping that for the rest of the series however long it goes that the team's not taking turns you know unlocking the next player in the, in the starting lineup you know to get going you know who does that take away from i think that's the one thing that i'm hoping yeah. doesn't happen in this series yeah, it'd be nice um, to have a so night where, like, your whole team's clicking at once and you're just knocking down, you hit 23s and again. I don't know. Like, that'd be amazing. I was so, so impressed with Keegan Murray tonight. Like, doing, th- it wasn't just like a catch and through, you know, catch and shoot threes either. You know, dribble handoffs, faking a guy out, creating a three, putting the ball on the floor, hit mid range. He played with confidence. And all I thought about was, like, dude, what is this guy going to look like in year two? You know, so, and, so if you, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, the stuff he was doing was, was really nuts. And not so much nuts, it's stuff that, like, we've seen him be able to do. He just, like, kept it in his bag for so much of the regular season. Yeah. Like, one thing I did was go back and rewatch his highlights from his first game against the Clippers. He was doing some nuts things off the dribble in that game. Yeah. And then he just never broke them out again for the rest of the, for the, rest of the season. You know, and I think he just fit in the role that the team needed him to fill at that time. So hopefully now, you know, he have the confidence to really, you know, let loose. He had that nice mid-range, I think, in the first quarter where he just did that little step hack that really looked like Clay Thompson. Yep, I agree, man. Well, hey, dude, good catching up with you. I appreciate you checking in. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, appreciate that. That's our guy, Jordan. Yeah, sorry, I was talking to him a lot, huh? No, you're fine, though. I just got, we kind of iced you out of that. No, I was chill. I was listening, and I was also, like, I was following that final score, too. The the, T-Wolves, they survived. They survived. They won. Overtime, 114 to 108. Crazy finish to that game, too. That was cat fouled out. Wow, it's interesting. They found a way to win a game. Why are you being pe- You didn't even watch. Don't be a box scorer. Oh, who hit the big shot late? Ant, of course, Ant. Best player on the team hit the big shot late. Okay, that, like, ooh. I mean, you're not not even a hot take. Just remind you. Just reminding you of that. Um, And guess what? What? Career 30-point playoff games before turning 22. Oh, my God. LeBron James, 8. Anthony Edwards, 35. On Anthony that list, Edwards Kobe Bryant, four. So, so good. He's so good. So good. Let's talk to one of our favorites. What's up, Megaloo? What's up, Megaloo? Hey, guys. How are you? We are good, man. It feels good to be back in Sacramento. It would have been felt a little better being three up 3 1, but good couple days yeah. in San Fran. Now we're back here. Yeah. Good times. Congratulations on being able to actually cover playoff basketball uh, for Sacramento. Hell yeah. That's hell very yeah. exciting. I guess, I guess like one thing that's really bothering me is like the drama level between each team or like, I feel like there's just a massive disparity of like what Draymond specifically is allowed to get away with and then like how floppy everyone is on the warrior like especially jordan Poole is like he's just like a flop master Even. and like and i guess malik kind of can do that but i just feel like the kings need to like really up the drama level somehow without being just obnoxious yeah. but can i say but, this? like be floppier Megaloo, Megaloo, no. And the reason why I'm going to say no, no, because 
Because if you are not elite at falling and getting away with it, you are just hurting your team. You are taking yourself out of place. And and the thing is, I'm not acting like Jordan Poole is elite at it, but it is his game. It is his style. Yeah. It is what he relies on. And then you look at someone like Draymond and his antics, and he is someone that sets the tone of this is who I am so he can get away with things. He is, There's a different standard set for Draymond, and it's bullshit, and it's not fair at times, whatever. But the key their style is composed pure beautiful basketball and not to say that's not the Warriors style because I think there's other players on that team that play it the very much the right way but I think for the Kings they have a complete team that can play it the right way and I think they need to execute it at a high level like that yeah. instead of trying like even De'Aaron when he stopped trying to sell like I'm getting fouled and he said hey F you I'm taking this contact finishing the shot and getting the and one like that is when he started taking his game to the I, next level I do think De'Aaron's done a way better job of selling contact with the head but the head. while still yeah. making no the absolutely shot, i'm know? just saying he he sells yes. it like he did that a few times today i, I like, noticed good job darren okay sell that shit a little bit yeah. but yeah it's y your point i i hear you make luke is like jordan Poole is so annoying. i mean we've seen it multiple times Ugh. in the series going back to what was that game one or two where fox like kind of mocked oh, him when yeah. he when pool flopped and then draymond mm. i I don't get, I don't know, man. I, I don't even know what to say. It's I mean, like, I, I, Draymond, like, it feels to me like there's two guys in the league who are allowed to have that level of drama, and it's LeBron and Draymond. And, and Luca too. Luca too. <sighs> oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I just, it's so frustrating. I think hearing the national narrative that was, like, in defense of Draymond and how could they suspend him and... It was like, did you see like what he did? Thank like, you. I don't even care about the the weird like crowd thing and grabbing his wiener and all that stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, he stomped on somebody. Yeah. People grab people's legs all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. I was just that was frustrating. And then I feel like it really worked in their favor. Like when he came on the court today, that seemed to really amp the crowd up and you know got everyone really going and. Well, um, and then I they can't. Booed DeMontis too, so it's just kind of I don't know. That's frustrating for me, but maybe that's just a Homer thing. No, I yeah, the crowd was into it when they. Yeah, I'll say this: the crowd wasn't much of a factor in this game. I mean, this it is wild the difference between the Oracle crowd when the team played in Oakland and this crowd at Chase. It's just. Before tip off, and I don't is it is it because it's San Francisco? It's more expensive to go to a game. Is it because some of these Warriors fans are that are there are casuals, you know, just they, rich people? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Or is it like spoiled? It could be a combination of everything. But there there is a different vibe at Oracle pre tip. Like I'm going through intros, and I, I I'll take my headphones off and listen. I'm like. Sounds like a regular season Dude. game to me. There are times they pop for sure and they're loud, but it, it's just, it, it's kind of crazy to think about what kind of home atmosphere they used to have well, we went and they to, don't have anymore. We went to a playoff game at Oracle when it was a Spurs Warriors just because we wanted to see a playoff yeah. game because we didn't know what that was like. And it was an electric energy in yeah. that building you know obviously you're gonna have different um volumes because of how the building is built all those things but chase center 
Yeah. It is like every time I get asked and I'm on a Warriors podcast, I'm just like, oh, it's great. Like, I don't know what to oh, say. Yeah. And then even on NBC Sports uh, California, my my hit after the game, Kyle asked me, he goes, how is the atmosphere at Oracle? And I'm like, this this crowd at is Chase, not about, yeah. at Chase is not inspired yeah. unless their team is inspired. And the thing is, you're supposed to be the ones that are like pumping up the team on the floor. You spoiled ass people. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I I hate to be a negative Nelly, but um, you know, I I'm, I've really enjoyed this. I think the level of basketball is so damn fun. By far, to me, been the best series in the first round in a long oh, time. Oh, so. dude, it's it's great. I mean, the Warriors are just—it's such a challenge. Like this team is uh, what Steph does out there, and I mean, Clay had a big game. We didn't mention him. I, you know, Clay knocked Oof. down some big time shots. He had twenty six. Curry with thirty two, and you you just every time Curry has a ball, I just cringe because I'm <laughs> yeah. like, nothing good is happening for Sacramento. You know, when he misses, it feels like. All right, you caught a break here. Ooh, I mean, get, finish yeah. the possession, get the yeah, rebound. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah, he's just one of. I, I just the the more you watch them, especially come playoff time, you just go. As long as they have Steph, they're going to be a competitive team because he is just that great of a player. We are watching one of the greats of all. People talk, oh, he's a great shooter. No, the guy's a great player, and yeah, it's been a. It sucks seeing the Kings have to deal with him right now, but the way he can impact a game, the, his confidence, he he believes he's going to knock down every shot, and he'll take any shot. He'll do it. I think defensively he's gotten so much better over the years too. Um, he's a pain in the ass. He's an absolute pain in the ass. But then, I mean, on the other side, I think Kings fans, could, whatever happens, right, yeah. whether we win or lose the next two get whatever, like, Look at Keegan, look at Davion, yeah. look at De'Aaron, uh, look at all of these young guys that we have on our team that are so exciting. And, oh, you know. Yeah. D- don't get me twisted. Don't get a twist. I, the Kings should be thrilled about what they're witnessing right now. They, all these guys are around the similar age. They're in the playoffs getting this experience. And it, th- this is not like, hey, the Kings like sold everything just to get in the playoffs. They have a whole bunch of aging guys. No. Like the Ron- the team that bugged me most as a Kings fan Rondo. was when they got the when they got Rondo and they were ch- you're like you're just chasing <laughs> I the playoffs. I I could not stand that. Team. It was just yeah. I, I the, was like, this is what are we building? The here? energy the, oh. and like this this is actually being built for sustainable right. success. And the fact that there is so much success in the first year is absolutely unbelievable. I, I think no matter what happens in this series, the Warriors are going to walk away and respect the Sacramento Kings. And that that's a big deal as the Kings try to build this thing out. Yeah, and it's so much growth. And I also, I'm just loving the shine that Davion's getting. I, I think you guys remember, like, I've been a Davion defender, like, all yeah. season long. And I just think he pushes the envelope defensively in a really new way that is so compelling. And um, so that's just so damn fun, you know. And, yeah, I mean, what a time, right? What a time. Like, I, I hope we win. I think we're better than them, especially like Sands antics. If they don't let the antics, like, you know, take over the narrative. Um, but 
but yeah, just just what a good time to watch basketball right it now in, in Kingsland. I'll say this: the Kings believe they can beat them. I think the Kings believe that they are better than them. They have to go do it. They have to go prove it. This it's a confident group. They 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 think they can. I mean, I was watching Fox when he walked off the floor in Game Three, and he had that kind of nod, like, "Okay, okay, he has arrived in a major way in the playoffs." And I, the Kings, are not going to be eliminated easily. They're going to fight for this, and they're going to have a chance. They will. Game Five's massive. Go win that game. Go win that game. So impressive. I mean, and just like remembering back to last season and like how much we would just collapse, like just even the little smallest amount of pushback in, in every game. And that was it. And we had no fight ever. It was still, I still watched every single game, but yeah, it's just, it's just the growth is extremely exciting. And I, the last thing I'll say, and I'll get out of here is, is you know, I, I break down like all the salaries at the beginning of the year and the Kings are very low on the salary tree, but I think that there's something compelling about being sort of like the anti super team. Like I think all of these like teams that have two and three, you know, guys that are already superstars have kind of combusted um, in the last few years. And I think that's a really interesting, you know, overarching narrative for the league to see kind of what ends up happening money wise and, um, and that kind of thing. And, and this idea of like home growing stars, which I know the warriors have done, but is, is somehow more compelling, you know, than just oh, buying a bunch of stars and making like this really top heavy super team type, you yeah. know, model. So anyways. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I appreciate you checking in Megalou. Thanks, Thank you Megalou. so much. Yeah. I, I enjoy building out a team like that. I mean, the Warriors did that, and then they got lucky because, you know, Steph signed a four-year, $44 million extension, and that, you know, down the road, they were able to sign Kevin Durant. Kind of crazy how things work out. You know, that would never happen anymore, but the Warriors drafted well. You draft Clay, you draft Steph, and Draymond in the second round, hire Steve Kerr, damn. A lot of good things. What's up, Jask? Welcome in. Hello. Hey, dude. Hey. What's going on, man? What do you think about tonight? Um, it's frustrating. Oh man, you're upset. My young, he's a sixteen. He's sixteen years old. Morgan, his first hey, playoff don't experience. Don't judge. Don't judge. So you're. I'm upset. not judging. He's just he's going through it for the first time. We got to walk him through it. Let's uh, yeah. I saw my brother watch the um sofa. Yeah. So like, pretty much that's what I saw this game, and I couldn't. I mean, it was it was good at the first half. I'll, to be fair, it was good. Yeah. So what, what's going on, man? What, what are you frustrated about? It's just like the missed calls. Not like the missed calls, but like you like trying to get a call, but it doesn't really matter. Does, they don't call it. It's kind of ruins us too. Even like the third quarter, the Warriors know what they're going to do. And they did. They outscored the Kings mostly almost 40 points in the, in the in that quarter. And the Kings shot like two for eight from the free. And even the field, I forgot the field goal percentage was, but like it was bad. But then the Kings picked it up in the fourth. But careless mistakes and turnovers, even the small things you said earlier in the when I was watching you, it makes a big difference with that game. Yeah, the Warriors know how to execute, man. They've been doing. Yeah, they, you know, you see a difference, right? It's like late in the game. I mean, except when Steph called the timeout when they thought they had a timeout, but 
Yeah, they're awesome, man. You're you're gonna have to play some really composed basketball to beat this team. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, this week, this past week of playoff basketball has been fun for me, mostly as a Kings fan, because when I went to uh, the outside watch party for game one, it was fun. I I, I lost my voice <laughs> those couple of days, but it's back now. Fine, but hell yeah. Well, good. We'll save it for uh, Wednesday. My brother's trying to go. I'm trying to go there again, but I really hope. But like, well, I'm going to go outside again to make my lose my voice. No, but like, you should time, you like, should go there yeah, because they won the, when you went. So you should oh. go again. I'm I'm like I think I'm five and one now. I'm five and one. Well, then get your ass over there. I will. I try. <laughs> All right, Jess. All right, man. Good catching up, dude. Hope y'all have a great night. You, Thanks, too. you too. Thanks too. One thing someone pointed out in the chat that I thought was interesting. Tim saying Mike Brown does seem to have a lot of faith in this team. He hasn't been taking those quick timeouts. He's been letting them figure it out mostly. Yeah, that's something he did talk about uh, last week. His whole point was we do all these things in the regular season to build these habits. So come playoff time, these mistakes don't happen. Yeah. And I don't have to call these timeouts. You guys got to go figure it out. Can we take a couple more? Mm-hmm. Morgan's like right. It's been a long is that what you're thinking? Oh yeah. Okay. No, I mean we've been we've been up at the arena since we've been at the arena since, since nine a.m. Nine a.m. and it's nine forty. <laughs> we've been going hard. Hell yeah. Uh, let's check in with what's this guy's? Uh, I don't I don't want to mispronounce. It. Is it Kashik? Dash. Oh, it's connecting. We'll wait for Dash to get in here with us. It's taking forever. I want to hear. Uh, let's mention a couple of super chats real fast. Thanks so much oh. to Ebros who donated ten bucks. When you change into sweats, you've thrown in the towel. Yep, that's why I kept those dress pants on. Ian oh. donates five bucks. Sounds like Mo's trying to hide something about your time in San Francisco. No, we just stayed what? up really late. Yeah, no way. Um, shout out to Todd who donated ten bucks. We're gonna be fine. We still haven't shown our best yet. Uh, Eyes of the tiger. The beam will be lit. Nice. <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, so we lost our guy, Cash. Cash, try to request again, man. Try to get to you. He's a Warriors fan, so I want to hear from him. Oh. But if you don't, that's cool, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, final thoughts, Morgan, as uh, Morgan is... Tap- she's she's melting. Just so you know, Playoff Deuce is ready to go for another seven hours. I, you know, it's so funny, too. We Before we came on, Deuce is like, hey, tonight's going to be like an hour, you know. How like long have we been on? Two an hour 51. Oh, my bad. And some of that. So it's like an hour. 30. And I honestly don't care. I've had so much fun talking basketball and talking with everyone that wanted to join in and also on the conversation as well. Um, that's what's kind of fun about playoff basketball so far, too. There's so many different angles, so many different things to uh, break down about each and every game. And especially when it, like last game was more of a dud. So yeah, yeah, yeah. tonight, La- you know, last game, we only did like 45 minutes too. In San Francisco, it's just not a lot of angles, as many as tonight. And tonight, like, look, we're still, we still have high spirits of this is fun. This is good basketball. Um, Just setting up to be such a great game five coming up on Wednesday. You're tied with the Warriors in the first round. And you have, this is why you have home court advantage. This is why. This is why, Matt, if you did not have home court advantage right now and you had to win two on, you have, the prospect of two home games left. Yeah. You've got three chances here. I know. Let's go. Let's let's get ready go. for a game five. Okay. A fine. rocking atmosphere. I won't sleep. I want the crowd to bring let's it. Go. 
Go win that game But five. bring it with composure. Like, be so effing yes, loud. Yes. But, like, that composed energy in the building, we will feel it on the flow. We will have uh, another podcast later this week before game number five. Ooh, yeah, we're going to do a preview? Pre- cool. Preview pod, I have a guess. We'll work on some things. Love it. We got so much content. Uh, we'll that. be at game five, and we will be at game six on Friday night. So, a ton of content this week and hopefully it's a fun week buckle up this is what it's about we've wanted to play off basketball for a long time we got it enjoy the ride let's see how it looks coming up this week we'll be at practices to the kingswell practice this week so a ton of content check our webs or our youtube page if you're listening to the audio version youtube.com slash at deuce and mo and also uh i want you guys who are listening or watching us make sure to subscribe to us on spotify or, of course, on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys so, 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 so much, but we gots to go. You're all badass for being here on a Sunday night. Get some sleep, everyone, huh? Sleep beams. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 